theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. If you would open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to the book of Acts chapter 14, I'm going to begin reading from verse 8. Praise God. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. And by the help of the Holy Ghost today, I want to share a thought with you that I believe will be able to help you no matter where you are in your faith journey, how to rise above, how to rise above. Would you help me pray? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying right now that you would cleanse our hearts, open our hearts. We're reaching out to you in faith. Anoint me with the type of anointing that makes ministry effective, God. I come against anything that would hinder the work of your spirit, Lord. You have complete liberty and freedom to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. And we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands unto him. And again, if you're at our in-person worship experience, you may be seated. Satan is a liar. He is the father of lies. And I want you to know that he cannot tell the truth. And what I want you to understand is he has been trying with everything that he has to deceive the people of God. The Bible says that he's the the father of lies. We know he's incapable of telling the truth. But the one thing that Satan doesn't want us to understand is the power of our words. Yeah, I said that. You and I don't necessarily understand nor believe or let alone practice what we say oftentimes. And that's because I don't think we quite understand the power of our words. Our words do indeed have power. Satan has gone after the entire human race with this mistruth. With our words, I want you to understand, he is trying to put us under uh, his authority, if you will, and trying to get us to diminish the value and the power of the spoken word. He convinced us that our words didn't matter. And as a result, we stopped believing anything we said would come to pass or have any consequences. He's convinced us that our words weren't spirit 
and they weren't life. They were simply just empty words or empty speech. But how many of you know the words that you and I use today are anything but empty? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I also want to let you know that God is going to do something in your life today. I just want you to reach out in faith and say, God, let it be. Let it be in my life. If you feel that way, just go ahead and open up your mouth and say, God, let that be done in my life today. God, if you want to do something supernatural, let it be in my life today. Praise God. Do you remember that old saying, oh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? We all know that's not true. And that was right out of the enemy's playbook. It's a lie because words can indeed hurt us. As a matter of fact, not only can they hurt us, they can paralyze us with crippling fear. They can intimidate us and cause us to retreat into places that, frankly, uh, we can't seem to find our way out of, into dark places. And many of us, thank God I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I've been born again, filled with His Spirit. This is so important for somebody who perhaps is a believer and is yet to receive the Spirit, because believers are receivers, according to John 7, 37 through 39. Read it. Jesus said, if you believe on me, as the scriptures have said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But I'm so thankful if I, if I did not have Jesus in my life, I'd be harboring this forgiveness. I'd be harboring this anger and this jealousy or this fear or hatred. But it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Is anybody thankful for the blood today? If you're thankful for the blood that was shed for you and I at Calvary, oh, let Jesus know. Clap your hands and magnify him and rejoice. But I feel really bad for those who don't have Jesus because without him, without him, they're trapped by these words, by the hate, the hate speech that was spoken over their life, the bitterness that somebody tried to inflict in their lives. See, here's what I want you to know. Satan's grand deception is that our words are powerless and ineffectual. See, when we believe that lie, we believe our words have nothing to do with the way that our lives unfold. Of course, this is not what God wants for us. His desire has always been that our words establish exactly who we are and where we go and what we do in life, if you will, all for his glory. See, this is what you have to understand. Jesus makes it abundantly clear in scripture that our words have power and they have value. I thank God, even though I didn't grow up in a Christian home, my father understood the power of words. He would not allow, he raised us, even to this day, occasionally I'll say the word can't. He'd be quick to say, can't, son, is not in the Thompson Dictionary. I know you just didn't say the word can't. I'm thankful for that. We need to know, Jesus said this about words. Let me read this to you, John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God. Jesus said his words are full of spirit. They are spirit, excuse me, and they are full of life. Those words have spiritual power to overcome any natural challenge that we face. I'm telling you, your words have power. See, here's how you're going to rise above. This is what I want to help you on. Praise God. 
The title of the message is Rising Above, and this is what I want to help you on today. We know that spiritual laws govern natural laws, so it follows that spiritual words have dominion over the natural things. Watch this, watch this. In Hebrews 1 and 3, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, end up holding all things by the word of his power. It is his spoken word that holds the universe together. It is the invisible that's holding up the visible. You've heard me tell you this before. It's the invisible holding up the visible. Look at Hebrews 11 and 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, let me make it plain to you really quickly. You've heard me use this metaphor before, but when you walk in somebody's home, You don't say, oh man, I love the framing. Why? Because you can't see the framing. But you comment on the colors of their home. You comment on the furniture. You comment on the lighting. You go all the way down the list. Girl, I love those granite countertops. But what you don't say is you love the framing. Why? Because you can't see it. But what you do need to understand is the framing. What you can't see is holding up everything that you do see. The word of God is holding up the world in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, clap your hands unto him. If you're thankful for his word, give him praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even science is confirming God's word. It's beginning to realize this truth and appreciate it. Let me tell you, today scientists tell us that the universe is still expanding at the speed of light. Now, you probably wonder, well, I, I knew that. Science teaches me that, but let me tell you why that's the case. Because God said, let there be light, and there was light. (laughs) See, God spoke light into being, and his words and spirit are life, eternal life. And once God says something and puts it in motion, nothing can stop it. Praise God. Since God spoke the universe into being, it's going to stay right where it is because that's his word. You're not going to wake up one morning and see the sun coming up in the west. Everything will function just like God said it would because he is a God of his word. And because God has made us in his image, the words we speak are more than just sound. Look at your neighbor and say, what you say is more than just sound. I'm not even looking to somebody, but the words you say are more than just sound. I'm looking at everybody right around here at the in-person worship experience. I'm going to catch everybody. The words you say are more than just sound. See, sound is what you hear with your natural ears, but the words are spirit and life to your heart. Let me flip that around at the same time. Depending upon what you say, there'll be spirit, but it could be death to somebody. It could be destruction to somebody. It could be heartache to somebody. This is why parents, you have to be careful what comes out of your mouth. This is why spouses, you have to be careful what comes out of your mouth when you're speaking to your spouse. Parents, when you're speaking to your kids, when we're connecting with our family members, be careful what you say. See, believing and speaking have to be in alignment. Our faith behaves. My faith behaves. What I believe, what you believe, you believe or we behave according to our beliefs. Most of us are very familiar with the story in Mark chapter 11. I'm going to paraphrase it for you, but Jesus illustrates the power 
of the spoken word. Uh, and he does it in faith because they're walking by. You can reference this at your own time. Well, you know what? I want to read it because it's the word. Praise God. And the word gives faith. Listen to this. Mark 11, 11. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when there when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having lease, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but lease. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Yeah, Jesus was talking to a tree. See, he spoke to an inanimate object, okay? And he spoke to something that doesn't have the ability to hear it, and it doesn't have the ability to speak back to him. Can I just tell you, I know I've said it before, but you do need to understand that you have the ability to speak to inanimate objects. Praise God. Somebody's going to be delivered today. Somebody's going to be encouraged today. Somebody's going to be healed today because you can speak to cancer. You can speak to a diagnosis. You can speak to depression. You can speak to heartache. You can speak to a calamity. You can speak to a tree. He did it. We can do it. So he speaks to this tree. Doesn't respond. It has no way of communicating. It has no way of affirming that he that the tree heard what Jesus said. And the disciples probably weren't too shocked by this because they saw him just recently speak to a storm. Peace. Be still. Now, check this out. They're going about their business. And it wasn't like Jesus, after he spoke to this fig tree, he went back every three minutes. Oh, let me. Did it do it? Did it happen? He wasn't operating on that. The Bible says the next day, as they were walking by, watch this, watch this. Because <laughs> let me tell you, one reason why he didn't go back and check it every few minutes is because he believed everything he said would come to pass. So in the morning, Mark eleven twenty, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called to remembrance, saying unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered, saying unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, I just, I want to unpack this for just a moment, okay? Because so much is leaping off the page here and I'm going to get to this, but I want you to catch this right here. For he says, have faith in God. Okay, everybody has faith, by the way. The Bible says that every man has been given a measure of faith. Now, so whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, in other words, you're not going to go get your bulldozer and move the mountain. You're going to speak to that mountain of depression. You're going to speak to that mountain of heartache. Praise God. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. 
but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. So the first thing you have to do is have faith in God. Praise God. Does anybody know that God is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him? If you have faith in him, if you are fully persuaded that he is who he says he is, give him praise. If you're at our in-person worship experience, stand to your feet and magnify your God for he is worthy of praise. Hallelujah. We celebrate you, God. We thank you for your goodness, for you are God and God alone. Praise God. See, whenever we are praying and declaring the word of God with our mouths, we need to have faith in him to perform his word. If we don't believe he'll do what he says he'll do, then we confess it, we confess it in vain and absolutely nothing will happen. Now, let me just give you a little practical uh, example, if you will. If you're having a hard time believing the word and, 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 and praying the word and, and declaring the word, can I just tell you, just keep confessing the word, keep declaring the word. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that we need to meditate on the word day and night. Meditate on the word until it becomes more real than the problem you're facing. Ooh, I wish I could just get somebody to help me this afternoon. Meditate on the word of God. When you then when you realize God is for you, God is greater. His peace surpasses all understanding and you have a confidence and a confidence that cannot be exceeded, cannot be eclipsed by the dilemma you are facing. You need to know that you know that you know that you know. And the only way that's going to happen is you meditate on the word. Ooh, they said it in Deuteronomy, when you get up and when you lie down, when you're walking around, talk about the word, talk about the word, talk about the word, talk about the word. This is why you have to renew your mind. You can't do this just in worship. You need some word. Don't get me wrong. I'm a worshiper. This is what we've been called to do. But you need to understand it's the word, the engrafted word that's able to save your soul, to wash you clean. It's the word, which is the sword of the spirit. It's the word that can cleanse you and keep you. It's the word that is the truth. We have to declare the word. So Romans 10, as you declare the word and you begin to speak the word and you meditate on the word, whoo, something begins to happen and all of a sudden the promises of God become more real and tangible palpable and you become more confident in them in his promises and in his word than you do the diagnosis I'm helping somebody today because Romans 10 17 says that faith comes by hearing the word of God so if you just keep hearing truth faith will rise up in you and be established in your hearts and God will get the glory you want to know how to rise above the things that people have tried to place on you. You want to know how to rise above the fear that the enemy is trying to grip you in. You want to know how to rise above the accusations and the uh, the, 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 the limitations that people tried to place on you. Get the word of God in you. Get the word of God in you. I'm trying to help somebody right now. This is why you can't move forward because you're more fixed in the past. But if you would just get on the word, you would become free from the past to move forward into what God has for you. Praise God. Jesus is telling us predictable consequences of speaking the word. He would have been astonished and flat out shocked had that tree not dried up when he spoke to it. See, this is the kind of faith we have to have. He knew his words had power. He's God all by himself. And he told us greater work shall we do. 
It's absolutely vital. I need you to hear me. It's absolutely vital that you make the connection between what you say with your mouth and what happens in your life. But that connection will be fruitless if you don't believe what you are saying. Okay? Remember, Satan's big deception and the reason why we're not rising above is because he's convinced us that our words have no power. He does not want you to believe anything you say, especially when you're speaking God's word over a situation. This is why Ephesians 5 and 6 says, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. We must increase the value we put on our words. Every single word, all the time, because God does. He hates empty, fruitless words. See, our words are spirit, and they are going to do something. And when our words line up with his word, they are not only spirit, but they are filled with life, abundant life, eternal life. And when we say something empty or vain or words of mockery, can I tell you, it just really kind of makes fun, if you will, of the authority that Jesus Christ died to give us. Don't speak vain words. When you speak vain words, you don't really believe or mean. And you, here's why we do this. We say things all the time that we don't mean or that we don't believe, if you will, because we don't believe that we're going to immediately suffer any consequences from it. It's not going to be fatal if I say something like, I'm dying to go to see so-and-so because I don't really believe I'm dying to go see them. Does that make sense? You know what? When you say things, when we say, oh, I can't stand being around so-and-so, they make me sick or I'm so tired. I, I don't even want to get out of the bed. I just want to stay in the bed all day. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to stay here in my bed and I don't want to interact with anybody. So you know what? We got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. How many times have we said things like this? Ooh, uh, I, I'm going to start eating healthy tomorrow. I'm inspired. Or you know what? Um, I'm going I'm, I'm to begin to exercise tomorrow. And you know what? Tomorrow will come and you'll be out. And next thing you know, somebody will be like, hey, uh, man, I'm going to get some ice cream. Oh, yeah, you know. And then you remember, oh, what? I, you know what? You didn't believe it to begin with. Let me tell you what's happening. Let me tell you what's happening. This is going to convince your spirit man that you don't believe every word that you say. Over time, your heart, your spirit, man, gets accustomed to not believing what your mouth is declaring. Jesus said that you must believe in your heart, what you say or what you pray with your mouth, and then you will have whatever you say. You need to understand your heart and mouth must be in agreement for your words to carry power. This is what Jesus was saying. He said, if you say it and believe it. Praise God. And see, here's what, when you speak vain words that you don't mean, it causes your heart to no longer have faith in what your mouth is saying. It's a subtle way of causing your heart and your mouth to disconnect or disagree. 
But, and then this is what happens. This is, and so since you have developed this habit and this pattern, the next thing that's going to come out of your mouth is when you're sick, oh, I declare by his stripes I'm healed. But you have developed such a habit that your spirit man doesn't believe anything that comes out of your mouth. This is why you feel like you have to summon up courage like you do faith when you've already been given faith and God has already died to give you every promise that is ours. But we don't believe it, and therefore we declare it, but we don't believe it, and we don't get it. So the first thing that we have to do, let me just tell you, is we have to repent. Say, God, forgive me. Cleanse me. I've been saying a lot of stuff that I don't really believe. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me to get in alignment with your word. Help me to get in alignment with your will and declare that in the name of Jesus. The second thing, uh, and let me just say this, after you repent, can I tell you, you can rejoice because you've just been delivered. Praise God. The second thing is, you know what? You've been delivered from the deception of the enemy. You can now declare the word of God as he intended you to do so. Praise God. And you just say, God, cleanse me of all unbelief and bring your bring my heart uh, and my mouth back into agreement with your word. Praise God. See, let me just tell you, one of Satan's most effective strategies against the people of God is to convince them that their words don't matter. I have learned this myself because for a number of years, uh, and my natural disposition before I came to know the Lord as I was a negative Nancy complaining about everything. And, and in my faith journey, God began to really deal with me over the last five to seven years. I have gone through a transformation and I'm going through a transformation that has enlightened me in so many ways. I now understand and I want you to get this in your spirit. Whatever God is going to deliver into your hands must first be declared with your mouth. See, Luke, uh, the writer of the book of Acts, tells us of an instance where this man is, uh, or Paul is preaching, and this man who is crippled uh, is listening to him, but he's not just listening to him. And let me just push pause. Here's why I'm preaching to somebody to tell you to rise above, because there's been somebody who's been crippled by words of harm that have been over your, uh, over your life. You've been crippled by the hate that's been spoken over your life. You've been crippled by the rejection over your life. And you don't, the only way you get anywhere is if somebody else can carry you. You haven't been able to get any traction on your own. You haven't been able to enact any action on your own. You haven't been able to pursue a dream on your own. You've been kind of helping everybody else and watching everybody else and watching life go by. This was the case with this man who was born crippled. He was born lame. Can I tell you, he was born lame. And for some of you old, you might, you might not, every single solitary word, a negativity might not have been spoken over your life from the moment you've been born, but it sure does feel that way. But God is calling you today and I'm challenging you in the Holy goes to rise above. Praise God. He's here. And here's what I want you to know. Paul is preaching. And Paul is preaching, and he's preaching, and he's preaching. And then he notices this man staring at him. And let me just tell you, all preachers know who's paying attention and who's not. And we also know who's getting a hold of the word with faith. As Paul is preaching the word of God, he notices this man is fixed on him intently. And he's looking, and he's staring. He's got a gaze, and Paul recognizes this man has faith. And he can discern that he's got an ailment, and he's been crippled his entire life. And right in the middle of preaching. You know what he says? He says, hey, with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. Praise God. I need you to understand that your miracle can't manifest itself in the natural until you open up your mouth and declare it 
in the who in the natural. I need you to open up your mouth and declare it in Jesus' name. This man was fixed on Paul, and he had faith, and immediately he responded. He leaped and he walked. I'm telling you, you are going to rise and walk in Jesus' name. Some of you are looking at me, and you got faith in your heart. I'm speaking to you right now in the name of Jesus. There is a supernatural visitation coming your way. There is somebody who's going to open up their mouth and declare it. If you believe that, give him praise. Give him praise. Here's a few things that I want us to do. Every single day, I declare a few things over my life. I get up in the morning and I declare, Jesus, you are first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify you. That's a declaration. I love Sarah. I will live and lay down my life to serve her. My children, Mia and Lincoln, will love you, Lord Jesus, and serve you with their whole hearts. I will nurture, train, equip, and empower them to do more for your kingdom than they can imagine. I am disciplined, and you, Jesus Christ, are stronger in me than the wrong desires in me. I am growing closer to you every day, and because of my relationship with you, Lord God, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, my leadership is sharper. I am anointed, empowered, equipped, focused, called to reach people far from you. Praise God. I could go down the list. I've got a number of declarations that I make. I'll bring my best and then some. I also say this world will be a better place. Mississauga will be better. And this world will be better because I serve Jesus today. I pray these things over my family, and I always say, Lord, bless and keep us. Make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance upon us and give us your peace. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.